welcome to A World Gone Mad. I am your host, Christian McMillan, and I hope you enjoy the scheduled programming. going on james welcome to a world gone mad what's new oh nothing much christian buddy nothing much glad to be here mate glad to be here good week good week busy week oh yeah that's good yeah yeah james york is um a podcast editor as well as an audio engineer and an edm producer working under the title of yorks maybe talk a bit about uh your project yorks and what's been new with it Oh, Yorks. I oh, know. I started Yorks. I've always just had this fascination with electronic music. Like, ever since I was a kid, like, it was like the music that played on the radio that had more of an artificial sound that, like, I don't know, just like really got me going, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and so I started Yorks just basically, yeah, it's just to release like electronic music under basically my own name essentially and i just picked my last name and stuck an s on the end of it but my goal is with it is i just i want to make music that's timeless with it you know like i just i want to like express myself in a way you know like i You recently just re- you had a track come out last month, right? Yeah, I released a track that was called Gargantuan, and right. um, I was watching a bunch of the Alien films, and I got ins- really inspired off that. So I thought, you know, I want to have like a track that reflects this kind of like a like you know like isolated, dark, like desolate, insta- desolate, very desolate. So I I kind of go. I kind of, when I'm, like, making music, I kind of go for, like, a feeling. Like, I'm not, like, I've never been able to listen to lyrics. Like, I hear a song, and the lyrics would just go straight over my head. Like, mm. I'm, pu- I, 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 and I, and I, 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 I actually, yeah, I just don't know why. I just, like, I'll often, you know, like, read the lyrics to a song, and be like, ha! That's what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they just go. I just hear like the mouth noises they make. So that's like why I like. That's another thing why I kind of drift towards the electronic music side is because you can get really creative without using lyrics, and then you can turn words into instruments. You know, like you can like start the things and play around. I, I, I just like. I, I just use it. It's yeah. It's just purely expression. Like I just really feel making electronic music. I'm in my playground. You know, and I, mm. and I'm and I could do what I want. There's no rules. You know, I don't have to. You know, when you're recording a band, you know, you're trying to in, you're trying to keep the uh, like the 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 room intact. If you you know, like you're trying to make it sound real. You you don't want it to sound like it's artificial. You know, in some ways you do. You know, you can add a bit of texture and stuff. But for the most part, when you're like doing like organic music, it has to sound organic. Where Electronic music kind of just opens a di- like Pandora's box on this whole world of like you know yeah you're not limited to stuff. Like, reality all of a sudden yeah you could just you can go 
yeah, you can, you know, you can do anything. Anything is possible. Like, and you can just get creative. Like, you know, you could have an entire song that just goes, you know, and just has all these, like, you know, it's just, it's so fun. Mm. It's so fun and expressive. And it's such, like, and it's so diverse. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's just like one of those things where it's just like anything is possible. I agree. I agree. And I totally see that being super appealing to somebody who's all about the emotional essence of a song and that being the foundation for your yeah. writing inspiration. Yeah, no, all the time. And like, you know, like I'll start with like, you know, like I really, I really put on like the, the, uh, tension and release vibes. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I'll you have... do it super well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I tried. I kind of really put, like, I'll sit down, I'll write chords, and I'll be like, yeah, now let's, like, give them this and then do that. And now let's just pull the rug from underneath them here. Mm -hmm. And then let's, like, throw them that. Like, I have a track called Roller Coaster, where the whole premise of the track is you're on a roller coaster ride. Like, like the, it slowly builds, when the drop builds up, I actually got like ro like a roller coaster sound like mixed in in the back. Like a chugga-chugga. Yeah, it's like a little chain <laughs> clicking. Then it drops and then it's just like, and then like the whole like uh, emotion I wanted was you, you know, when like those corners just turn you left and right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted that snapping feeling. So I'd have it drop and it goes down and then it like, then like the feel would come and then it would just shift upwards and then it would shift left and then shift right. And like, and then, yeah, and it's just like, and then the middle eight is kind of like when the roller coaster comes back around mm -hmm. and it slows through the deck or whatever well it will get on. And then it goes off again right. like, for a second round. So yeah, like I just really like, like I, I just want, yeah, I just want to like write a turn like feelings and things I feel into like, music that's awesome that's funny and i think that's probably why uh we've come together to start working on this project together as uh under my moniker Saren, and then you under yorks and you've done more than half of the beat making i'd say you carried the brunt of the work on the beat making for those but i'm so enticed with lyrics myself since i was young i would know all the words to songs and i do think in words a great deal and i think that's funny that's probably why it's synchronized that we would do a project together yeah i'm bloody jealous of that like i try i've tried writing lyrics i really like tried to i'm like yeah because like i i went to school for guitar which is probably like, I don't know I like I got I learned a lot about music for it, but I I'm, I think I'm definitely more like a producer than like a guitar player, but like yeah no I just when I, I went through a phase where I was like trying to write lyrics trying and I spent and and it, and it was just like it was just garbage it was all rubbish mm. like I was just Do you like, find yourself feeling uninspired in particular when it comes yeah. to words yeah yeah <laughs> and it's just like i don't know i want i don't know and it's just like yeah no at some point i'm just like you know what like words aren't your cup of tea like like he and what really gets me going about me and i think about it and it's just about it it's the music they get it's not the words like when when i hear something and i'm like whoa it's it's the music that takes sometimes i when i do hear the words like it can take me like i don't admit i don't not hear all words like i do have like you know a couple songs where i'm like oh i get what you're singing about here and i use the 
lyrics he's singing to tell me the story. But that's rare. Like most of the time, I'm like distracted by everything else that's going on. I'm like, right. Oh yeah, check out. Like actually, there's a funny story. There's this song. Ah, oh, Joe Bonamassa has a song, and he has this really cool chord change in the verse. And I and I was just playing it over, and I'm like, fuck, it's so cool. Just the way he just comes in. And Carmen, my girlfriend, she was just like. He, it's it's a song where he's singing about like leaving his girlfriend. I'm playing this song. And she's like, "What are you trying to tell me?" I'm like, "What? Like, listen to this chord." <laughs> she's like, "No, he's singing about leaving his." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay." I get that. That's funny. I've always had that issue because I love breakup songs, regardless of if I'm in a terrific, happy, incredible relationship. You will find me all the time listening to sad music about you know feeling desolate or removed romantically stuff like that it's just so it's just so raw like you know like, like mm-hmm. there's so much emotion in like a breakup song because it's kind of like like you know i guess like your internal self is exploding so like your music's gonna be a little bit more interesting during the so i guess like it's not like you're like holding on to the fact that the theme of it, you're just like, but look at the fucking passion in this mm-hmm. shit, man. Like, mm-hmm. this is fucking... Yeah, I think part of it is that we're all really drawn to vulnerability in art. I guess, yeah, because I guess it's probably like we, we, we see it a lot in ourselves and the last thing you want to put on your forefront is vulnerability, right? So mm-hmm. when you hear vulnerability come from music and, and you know, like, and that's, I think that's actually a good brushing on a good point. That's why, like, live music is so, like, when you have a whole stadium singing up with their hands and their the light is up, you know, like, everybody's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, like, as humans, we don't, we can't, you know, we, we're, like, Whatever time are you vulnerable amongst thousands of other people? Yeah, know, yeah. Like, Performing where anything could happen. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, no, music and emotion. It's just. What school did you go to to learn music before you had moved? It was before you had moved to Canada from the UK, right? That's correct. Yes, yeah, so it was after I left high school. It was a uh, college in Exeter where I grew up, and I'm I was born and raised. Sorry, and. It's called the Academy of Music and Sound. And basically these guys came to our high school and just shredded guitar for us for half an hour. Right, and right. Like, signed up to our school you. and they were like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so like that's, you know, but if I would have been able to put a bit more thought into it, I would have probably like taken a different path. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was a good experience. Like, you know, like learned a lot about myself and like now I can play guitar. So that's always a good I went to this school, I started playing guitar for like three months and then I was sat in college for guitar. So like everybody's like jamming to like, I think it was, uh, it was Green Day Holiday and I and I barely could get a, you know, like the F chord on the guitar is your first bar chord. I could barely yeah, yeah. get that down and they're like sending me up on stage to play Green Day and I'm and like, I just remember a bit, oh man, like it, it took, it took like a couple months for me to like get anywhere I could, you know, <laughs> be considered musical. Yeah, but, yeah, that was probably quite the moment of vulnerability. You were put on stage before you were remotely close to ready. Yeah, and, and it's actually, I, I guess it has a doubt because now I have this thing where if I'm alone in a room with an instrument, 
like everything just comes out. But as soon as I have someone watching, I tense up and like, and I get, and I, I, and I literally, my head goes blank and I'm like, well, what the hell do they want to hear? Like, oh, I, I get that same thing. I even think you've seen me do that with instruments as well as when we start making a beat together. It's, I feel like a third of the time I'll freeze up and feel awkward working with someone. I'll get self-conscious all of a sudden just because I'm with someone else, especially if I think they're really skilled and they're really good at the craft of beat making or producing, I get particularly self-conscious. Yeah, like, don't look it. like an idiot. Don't look like yeah, an yeah. idiot. <laughs> don't look like an idiot. Oh shit, exactly. you're being an idiot. <laughs> exactly. And it's always and it's always the basic thing is this is because your whole mind is just bottlenecked and it just goes, ah, like and it is bottlenecked and then you're, and you're trying to be like, yo, give me this piece of information I need now. And you and you just, your whole mind's just like, ah, <laughs> like it won't give you anything. Yeah, I definitely think the only solution is to do it more. Put yourself in that situation as much as possible so that when it's a really critical situation, say you're there with an artist looking for a producer and you want to impress them, you, if you find yourself in that position, you'll be happy that you had intentionally put yourself there as many times as possible when it didn't matter. Actually, that's, that's, that's true because, uh, and, and another good thing, you know, if you want to practice for that, have you ever recorded yourself like producing or like? I have the setup presently because it's a thing that I intend to do kind of with the podcast and it formulate into a YouTube page, ideally where I'd like to record myself making beats and then little tips of what I think helps me or how I like to set up racks, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I, I haven't yet, but I intend to. Do it, because it's it's so... Because it, I wanted to, like, start... I was like, yeah, maybe, like, I could just, like, start streaming, you know, like, Ableton Live sessions or something. So I started, like, recording myself. I'm mad, like, you... you you like you watch back and you just watch your mouse hover over something and then like and then you like your mouse will like go somewhere else and then your mouse like can't find the thing you're looking for and the whole time you're just like man it looks like I'm just drunkenly meandering around this program you know when you go on YouTube mm. and you watch like a tutorial or something the guy is just like it obviously has been edited but it's just yeah like exactly snipering like I'm there and I'm like this compressor. Wait, and then, you know, you just, and you're watching yourself second guess yourself in the mm. door, and you're just like, ah, bollocks. Sometimes I even, I think it's just something from being on the computer. I get overstimulated if, say, I'm two, three hours deep, I haven't got off the computer, that I get antsy and all worked up, and I find myself struggling to find really basic tools. That can happen, yeah. Yeah, I've had that where you just like, yeah, you're just like, or if you if you're trying to work fast, I find if you're trying to work, that's fast, exactly like, it. Yo. If I'm like, I want to do this before I go take a piss, I'm definitely gonna struggle to do it. <laughs> I gotta do this before I gotta leave in five minutes, and you just like zoop mm -hmm. zoop zoop, and then you like make the most. Yeah, you yeah, that's I that's, I've I've had to learn to slow myself down a few times. Like I'm constantly like trying to go like two clicks faster than I'm able to really, and. Mm -hmm. And I just end up costing myself more time. Yeah, yeah. I once heard a proverb about someone who's trying to rush through the jungle to get to the city, but he has very important papers. And ultimately, he ends up being locked out of the city because it closes at sundown because he rushed and he lost all his papers and had to pick them all up 
resulting in him being stuck in the jungle overnight. Yeah, that's true. I've I've done a couple, like uh, kind of a couple like podcast edits. Where I've I got in, I'm like, ah, and I'm like halfway through the edit, and I've realised I haven't. Like, cause like we use a process where we like you open up Pro Tools, you have your audio there, and then we use Isotopes RX. We and it basically there's a little the way that works is it you can connect it up to Pro Tools. It take the audio from Pro Tools, open it up in the program. You can do whatever I need. Spits it back into Tools, but you have to click the render button. Right. So <laughs> there's been a couple times where I, you know da -da 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 -da, and I'm like editing a podcast and I'm like. Ah, oh, there's like, there's like a weird amount of mouth noises in this, and then I look at the file name and it doesn't have RX in it, and I was like, fucking, because you didn't press the fucking re render button. You did everything. <laughs> you have done it. everything, so I've had to go back, or like, you know, like double check my edit to like perfect, and then like, you know, like render the whole file because as soon as you render it again, you can't change your edit. Yeah, it's permanent. So yeah, now nah, go take your time, ladies and gentlemen. Take your time. Yeah, that rendering thing. That's uh for two of the tracks that vocals are laid on for the EP we're doing vocal editing. I still haven't rendered the vocal edits just because I want that wiggle room as long as possible. Yeah, no, the thing you could do as well. I guess you, you could uh, you could take a track. You could do a like a, you can freeze a copy of it and just have that track track inactive mm. in the back so it's always there to go back to and then you can have your your like your finalized version mm -hmm. but if you need to you can always go back yeah that's a good idea i gotta say i often turn to you for some advice on how i could make something more convenient in working on beats or producing or even just mixing and that's what when matt perkis was here from black pontiac you know him oh yeah yeah uh, no, me and matt have worked he, he had particularly mentioned that uh when we all came to know each other through school that he, he was saying that he'd really like to look inside your brain because i said that you're particularly obsessive i see when it comes to music and i think it's this great skill where you figure out the fastest and most efficient way to do things. And then really, I'm just getting this trickle down information that you go like, oh, if you do your effects racks in this way, you'll have a far easier time. And every single little tool that you give to me like that, I do find improves my workflow an insane amount. You're like the guy I go to when I feel like I could cut some fat off my actions in the DAW. Oh, I, I go. I, I, I'm like almost blushing him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though. Even through school, you were the person. You particularly helped me improve my workflow, as from as soon as we started talking. Well, like again, I spend like a stupid amount of time in Ableton. <laughs> like I don't like if that thing was recording me. Like I'd have a commercial Ableton pilot's license. Like, and. And part and like and I just and like I said, it's a playground. I just love dicking around, and I sin and it's like Ableton specifically is very very modular. Like mm. and you and I and uh, and as soon as you understand that, it becomes it it, it, it like you're it just it just, it just like. It because it, it just really keeps going. Up. It just keeps going, and you know you can do anything. And like I remember when I first started in Ableton, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Like the the ones the the, the plugins they give you, all right, you know, and uh, you and, you know you'd still, but like the more 
and you you know you'd still like use third party VSTs and stuff. But the more you use it and and you discover like how to use the effects rack system, the more you're like ah. And then like and I guess it's like tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. You're able to just like totally do what you want with sound like i feel like i'm playing with play-doh like yeah when you say modular are you talking about in terms of synthesis in particular no or do you mean in the daws flexibility doors flexibility like okay. the parts you can the parts can talk to each other very easy so like for example mm. like one of my favorite little things is like uh i have a plugin called shaper box too it's made by cable guys it's fantastic like it when it next goes on sale you should get it yeah yeah remind me that's what you're always sending me you're the plug for plugins as plug well for plugins you're always sending me the this sales things inc- this is an incredible tool but everything it comes with you can make in ableton so like one of the things is this is like a volume automator so it essentially is you could tie an lfo shape to an automation perimeter <laughs> And it does it all within the plugin. So you load up the, you just draw in the shape, and mm-hmm. then like that's, and it just, yeah, you get it. So what you can do in Ableton, there's a thing in the Max for Live section called Shaper, and it's basically the the same thing as the Shaper box. You load it in, you draw in your shape, and then you you got to link it to your gain knob, mm-hmm. and then you and then it's doing the, and then it's doing you know, and then you're automating your gain. But like you got if you're following this. You have to be careful when you're linking the the shaper to a gate the gain control. The maximum it can go is fifty percent, or else you'll be increasing the dB by a hundred, right, however right. high. So you got to mess with the, uh, the is it the offset as well as the depth? Actually, no. It should be right next to the mapping function. It have zero percent and a hundred percent. You want it at fifty percent when you link it to the the gain knob on the utility. Right. You know, do you want me to explain that again? I feel like I just like totally no. like scattered that explanation. No, no, I I think it's okay. I understand what you mean. I feel like even what you're describing is kind of the process for of something like serum, except for you're talking about doing parameter adjustments in it manually. Kind of. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about like uh yeah, I'm just like there's. I'm uh, just making a reference to this tool, Shaperbox, which does, like, uh, it comes with a, it comes with little different segments. But one of the segments is a volume thing. So, you it it goes on your track, and you can draw in an LFO shape, and then you can set like, oh, do you want this every quarter beat, or do you want this every one bar? Mm-hmm. And you know, like a popular thing to do is, you know, like you take a bass. Like a like a, your bass, and you stick like you know the shaper on the bass track, so that when the kick drum comes in, the bass doesn't play. So you have the automation like shape shaped up so that every quarter note. It's like how you get that like pumping effect. Right. So you can do that in Ableton by using the shaper that they provide of you, and by linking it up just to the the utility gain control. Right. So especially an example that you could just use. Ableton to make instruments and effects and you know you, you can once you can just start g- going into rabbit holes and yeah you had shown me basically how to make a really high tech synth just with the Max for Live tools yeah and that that actually opened up the windows for me to be able to look into my options of making really creative synthesis 
Well, yeah, then and you can just keep going, and then you make a sound, and then you can just keep evolving in it, and then you can go right back to the beginning of the chain, and you change the oscillator to a square wave or to a triangle, and it changes it again. Then you like you turn one other knob, and it changes the sound again, and in the end, it's just so like I'm trying. Like actually, I think like sample packs. Are, I've now that I think about it, I've been like probably like the biggest damper on my creativity because mm. I used to I used to be releasing like tracks a lot and that was when I had like maybe like one good sample pack which I took drums from but like that was it and now that like, I found that I've got like about 300 gigabytes of samples I'm opening them up and I'm and I'm not you know like before I would take you know like the 10 riser sounds I have. And with those 10 riser sounds, I could basically generate, you know, I could take it, okay, this is my starter sound, but this is what I want. And then I work from there. But now I'm going through a sample pack going, no, this is the sound I want. Let's just go to the sound I want, you know, like, so I'm shopping for sounds that I've already thought, like I already know I need. So, and so, yeah, so like a lot of the time just gets wasted crawling through sample packs. Mm -hmm. So I reckon I should just, what I need to do is cut those down and just go back to like my one good folder to reach to. But on that note though, what I do do though, like I know a lot of people struggle with kicks and drum sounds and all that. Mm -hmm. All I have done is I have a rack made up which goes through all my kick samples with a turn of a knob. So I literally, in my default session, comes up the kick drum and the snare drum and I think the hi-hats as well. I, it literally just comes up automatically there. I just plop in the MIDI and then I could just sit there and turn a macro and flick through. Like You have that set up in your template yeah already that's a good idea that i probably will adopt now in my beat making template oh definitely because def we've done that together i remember uh the first time i saw that and i do apply it but i definitely don't as an automatic thing but it would make an entire sense to have that pre-saved in the template so that you're able to scroll through your 300 drum samples at the turn of a knob oh and it saves so much time and then you can like you can sign a go like go for your kick drums and be like, all right, I want to find all my transient e kicks. Like I just want to, I just want to find the kicks that go, like you know, like just something like nothing heavy. And then you make a an instrument rack transient e kicks, and then you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I want, and like yeah, I've got like a a couple racks of just claps, and like I've got you know like fat snares and soft, you know, like and I and then once that template's loaded, and I have a and I make. Because, like, what I did used to have was everything under one control. Like, so I had one macro that went through the sample pack, and then the other macro would go through the individual samples. But I was kind of finding the same thing. Like, you know, like, I'm looking for a transient -y kick, and I'm going through all of my... Yeah, it's Every kick. faster, but I'm still fishing through. So now I'm going a step further and organizing things, you know, by their subcategory. And then I can load up a rack and say, I'm like, oh, I want the kicks to be, you know, I'm looking for this kind of fat snare. I can then just press Q on the keyboard, bring up the hot swap mode, and then it goes straight into the folder that it, that rap comes from, which is where all my other racks are. And I just go, ah, like fat snares. And I'll just switch that out. And then that same knob goes through those, Pat. And it's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, it's just like finding little ways like that. If I find if you're doing something more than once, just save it as a rack or have it as a rack template. 
Yeah, I think that's you're trimming the fat, right? All that unnecessary time you spend dicking around. It does seem... It's funny because I feel like uh, while creating music, you really don't want to think about things like organization and structure. You just want to go be creative and have fun. Nah. But those little times that you prioritize structure and organization for when you're wanting to have fun and just be creative or you're in a high-stress situation, you want to impress somebody, makes the world of difference where you're able to just go in your DAW, have everything preordained for all the options you could possibly want and know how to access them with ease. Well, it's your tool. Learn how to bloody use it, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. like, it's, like... Well, it... What you're describing, I feel like, reminds me of a martial art where you're going to learn the more and more efficient way to do a move that's going to make it less noticeable and less uh, advertised before you make it and stuff like that. You're going to be able to just go straight for what you want unpredictably. Yeah, and yeah, no, it's yeah, and it's just like workflow, and it's just like again, like I was saying earlier, have you ever recorded yourself producing? Because the amount of times I was watching myself. You know, my mouse was just looking for something. I could tell watching my mouse, I was looking for something and I couldn't find it. And then, you know, in that you, and you count all that time, like you just want, yeah, like you just want to effortlessly just have your palette and just be flicking paint at that canvas and be like, oh, I want it. I want red, you know. Yeah, it is. You don't go to the store and go, you know, like, oh, I need red paint, get in your car, drive down to the store and you're like looking for red paint and you get back to there, okay, now I've got the red paint, now I need green paint, you know, now you should mm. have all your paints ready, like. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I find it's almost like any skill and what you're describing in recording yourself is something you hear anyone say about anything, whether it's playing an instrument or it's a martial art or you hear stand-up comedians always talk about how much they had to watch themselves when they were getting started. Yeah, no, I, I, that's uh, in guitar school, I was like, you need to record yourself because like, the only way you get better is if you listen to how you play and it's just like... <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah for sure i find like, myself doing it with everything if uh outside of formal lessons whether it's a vocal lesson or a guitar lesson when i'm practicing my own time i always now put the recorder on so i can hear how terrible i am later and then work on it because you do all these things you're not even aware of in the moment whether it's uh your posture is bad while you play guitar right putting a camera on you'll notice that so fast that's true. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've definitely, like, I'm definitely there in the bad posture police. Like, I, mm. my posture sucks. Mine was terrible. <laughs> I do think it drastically, it's only starting to be worked out from impairing my guitar playing. But I, you know, some months of practicing sitting straight up against the wall and trying to not look at my fingers for every little thing. I think those classical guys kind of had a had a point, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, where they're holding like, it on their lap. So like, actually, a funny thing is, I went to uh, in in school. I went to uh, a guy in my class. He played uh, flying V guitars. Mm-hmm. So we'd all be sat there in the guitar lesson. Like, there'd be like twenty five of us. Uh, uh, there you go. And uh, there'd be twenty five of us who sat there, but with our guitars and then he would just be sat there with his flying v and then like the crevice of the v would be rested on his thigh so he'd be sat there pretty much with like playing this v electric guitar exactly like a classical guitar and it was bloody brilliant like like out of all the 
you'd think that that guitar was the mo- being the most uncomfortable to play, but it wasn't because it just fat straight into his lap. Like the V just hugged his leg and he could play it like a classical guitar. I was like... I find if I'm sitting down, I'm always very inclined to play a guitar of that sort that way. Like whether it's a Jackson or a Gibson, whatever, I just want to pop it right on my thigh. Yeah, it's like playing a guitar like you'd wear a tuxedo, you know? You're like, oh, I'm mm. going to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, no. When you put out Gargantuan, I saw it was shared on a particular streaming app I've never seen before. And I can't remember what you had said, but you were talking about why you particularly liked this streaming platform. Uh, so, so this streaming platform is called Audius. And the reason I use it is because, well, one, it's a newer platform. And, you know, like when a newer platform comes, you have a better advantage. You have more of a, like leverage of getting like hits and likes mm. and stuff before it gets too oversaturated. You know what I mean? So and then the second reason I use it, well, it's probably more like the first reason, more of a, more of a first reason, sorry. Is because it the whole thing run so it was designed as a SoundCloud replacement, like that's what they said there. Like we want this to replace SoundCloud. Okay. And when we and when people interact with this website, we want to give people we want to give like to the people who interact with the website. You know, so like the if you the more you interact with it, if you they award you these like coins and they're actually tradable on the crypto market if you want to go down that route. But so like the whole website works on blockchain and all of that, yada, yada, yada. So when you upload a music tracks, it's just like every time someone shares that, every time someone plays it, you basically are earning more of these coins, which can be used to unlock more features of the site. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the more coins you have, the more of the site you own. Okay, and when you say unlock features on the site, like what kind of features? Honestly, I'm not too sure <laughs> exactly. This is like the things the, that will help you reach more people easily, I or is that so. supposed to be the appeal? They had something. They had something about like I don't know unlocking NFTs and stuff. Like once you have so many coins, you become a silver tier, and then you get like I'm not. It's still it's still young. It's still pretty young. Like they like. Well, if you actually go into it and when it describes the tiers and stuff, it does say more and more to come like soon. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I don't, yeah, I'm not too, I'm not too sure what you can like use the coins to leverage what you do on the site. I think right now it's because it's still pretty young. It's still pretty like, you know, every, it's everyone's got like the same leverage you know like i know they have like the free they have a bronze tier a silver tier and a gold tier and you can start and this is where like the existence of my knowledge and stuff really gets a little thin is how this all works because like you can you can like sponsor a node or something and then that costs x amount of coins and then you can generate more coins by doing that so like yeah no you have to but there is white papers and stuff you could read about and okay it sounds like they have their own economy going on right and it incentivizes you to continue using their platform like the coin they use is called audio coin so you can like go on to like coin market or whatever it is and like type in audio coin and it'll give you like a 
value compared to like the US dollar. Right, right. Just if I was just like if I was to go on Wealth Simple and just look at their crypto market in general. Yeah. You're hearing more and more apps using blockchain technology. So what was it called again? Like the uh, the, the, the stream, platform. The pla- it was called Audius. Audius, okay. And it runs on blockchain. That's so interesting. I had just heard of Odyssey, and I believe it's trying to be a YouTube alternative, if I remember correctly, but it also functions on blockchain technology. Yeah, no, it's 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 unique stuff, and I, I and yeah, again, like I'm very, I'm pretty thin at how it works. I've tried to, but then and again, I'm like, you know what, like that's not my cup of tea. You know, like I like to like learn a little bit about it, but like I'm not looking to be like fully like crypto bro or anything. You know, yeah, you're not <laughs> looking to buy property in the metaverse. No, definitely not. <laughs> and like, well, that's the thing of the NFTs. Like, I was looking at the NFTs for a bit and. When they first became like a thing, I went to a convention where they were like, not a convention, it was like a panel, like an NFT panel where we, they were talking about it and the different ways you can earn money. And I got a bit interested in it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is really cool. Like, you know, like there was a story about a guy who just went around taking pictures around Vancouver and was just selling. This guy who went around Vancouver taking pictures and he was selling the pictures he took on as NFTs online, making bank. So I thought, so I, I started looking through it and I found that people were selling these collections. So I started making my own collection mm-hmm. of like, I was going to release these little like, like babies dressed up as ravers. And I had, and I made a, okay. I, I wrote a computer program that spit out like, like cards. Like different traits and stuff this baby had. So like the computer program would be like like a typing, give me a hundred babies, and it'd be like, all right. So like the computer program would go, and it'd be like, okay, is it going to be a boy or a girl? And I think I actually looked up the actual like statistics sort of chances of getting a boy and girl, and like used mm-hmm. that to like decide. And okay, what 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 what's its eyes? Is it going to be like you know? Is it going to have sunglasses? Is it going to have like aviators on? Is it going to have no glasses? And each tribute had a certain percentage. And so I could like press, it spits out a hundred of these new babies. And then the only task is to draw the items on on a template. Right. But then I... And And then uh, you'd sell them as NFTs. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. But then as I was like working on it, I was kind of like, you know, keeping my... And then I just, I don't know, I just kind of was just like... The more I learned about NFTs, the more unappealing it became to me. Like I was just yeah I get that I was just like it, it sounded fun at the beginning but like the more I was just like looking at all these different collections and stuff and the more I was just like eh <laughs> like I don't know what I think of it I do somewhat think there's gonna be this branch off of a subsect of society that wants to live their life online, it seems like, because you have NFTs, right? And you own them in the virtual world where now you can own property and you could have your cryptocurrency. (laughs) And it just seems like they're really getting a lot of people to invest a lot of money in artificial life. And I'm expecting it to expand more. Oh, it's been a, it's always been a thing. Like, I mean, I feel like at games like, what's it? World of Warcraft, I think. What's that? is it World of Warcraft the one where you have to like it's made by Blizzard, isn't it? You'd always World see World of Warcraft like a, is made by Blizzard. Yeah, no, it's the one where you have to pay to be like a part of it, right? Like you have to. Like, I always remember being in the in the in the game sh- in the game shop as a kid, and you 
And I, and I, it always baffled me that you could buy this game and you'd have to buy the game, but then to play the game, you'd have to pay monthly to play the game. And I was just always like, well, but like, yeah, no, like people got like, get like heavily addicted into that. Like, and there was another game, I think it's called, it's like a phone, it's just doing stupid things. Let's pull it on silent and it's taking itself off of silent. There we go. And then uh, there's a game, I think it's called Second Life. Okay. Uh, and uh, apparently, like, I just remember reading, like, uh, the the headline, you know, like, parents, kid starves to death because they were too busy playing second, their second art. It's like a headline. From, These like, parents had neglected their child and it died because of a video game? Yeah, they were, they were. That's like some case Living Anthony their shit. second life, I guess, but. Oh, my God. But, yeah, like, and I guess this game is kind of, like what the metaverse is trying to be i guess i don't know i think like i've I've never played it I've, i think i've seen like a video of it but like you're like of the metaverse you mean not the metaverse oh of this of game this second life but it's okay. like yeah you can have your own house and then pee. i was just watching this annoying not annoying this video of this guy who was just like hacking into people's lands and pissing them off and it's pretty funny but yeah but like i think yeah i think I don't know. What do you think about the whole metaverse thing? Like, I don't know what I think of all of it. Sometimes I don't even know what I think of crypto in general. Because I've been having a... I forget his name, but there was an economist I was listening to. And he is a proponent of the Austrian School of Economics, which is a really radical thing that doesn't really exist in practice anymore because it has to do ultimately with this idea that you let the market determine value rather than the government and because they have fiat currencies. I believe it was more a pertinent idea when gold ran the economy. But he was talking about having a particular interest in Bitcoin because it has set parameters and can't change. So it's the only crypto that you could look at as a hard currency because all the other ones are able to change indefinitely and it makes them less valuable. Because I believe a guy who made Bitcoin, it was uh, this one person under a pseudonym who then disappeared. They created it, let it loose, disappeared. But then I start to think, my mind goes, you know, I want to put a tinfoil hat on and think about conspiracies and then wonder if it is an experiment intentionally to get people to be very invested in it because there's an anarchistic appeal. But then perhaps this person who has disappeared into the ether is actually, let's say something like us, a financial interest group, a worldwide financial interest group running an experiment and they will return and they will change the parameters, making it something more of a centralized idea. So I almost sometimes think that it's all a ruse. It's a red herring. Hmm. But I really don't know because a part of me does think that people could easily evolve to want to live their lives artificially as well. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we're definitely making an interesting uh, step in our history on this planet as human beings, aren't we? You know, like, because I think, I think Bitcoin for me, like, is probably like one of the first, I'm probably wrong here, but it's like probably like one of the first instances of being able to buy something without buying something. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're literally buying 
some ones and zeros in a certain order that gives you access to these other ones and zeros in this certain order that you can trade for for money. You know, like like even well, like, then you can use as a decentralized currency, right? Wherever I see crypto encouraged to use, it is if, say, I want to buy drugs on the internet or something of that sort. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and I guess also another, like, appeal to it is for, like, countries that don't have, like, a stable currency. Mm. Like, I guess, like, it's a way, you know, maybe they don't have a stable currency and, you know, like, not, like a lot of, you know, like, you mean somewhere subject to something like hyperinflation? Like yeah. Like, say, a South American country like, or like what somewhere Germany where they, went where they the keep 20s. American dollars under the mattress, you know? Right. Where, like, you know, like, where, like, it, it kind of gives an outlet for people that maybe, like, you know, like, it, you can go on the dot, you can, you know, get, hook up to the internet and... Well, buy some Bitcoin, hide, you know, I don't know. You can, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of like private freedom, I guess. Though it's clearly so unstable presently, I do, it makes me want to watch Bitcoin just because of this one individual's case for the interest in it as being the only cryptocurrency really worth paying attention to. But... I understand the appeal of wanting to have a financial system that isn't strictly dictated by the government, right? Because everything else is fiat currency, I mm. believe you'd call it, in which the sure central bank determines the value of money by how much they print, and that's how we end up with inflation rates. Mm. And then that's how they kind of start to politicize things so people encourage more printing of money. Right. Though ultimately that makes money less valuable and it causes the people along the way to be the only people really benefiting. Right. Say like the politicians or the government. Right. So on and so forth. Yeah. And I, I guess like touching on that aspect as well, it like makes you like speaking of you know, like currency, you know, if you go and buy a house, like mm -hmm. you pull up your bank account and they can, you know, like where have you worked? Like, you know, they can see all of your ins and outs. Like, you know, like they, like your, your credit card company knows so much about you. Mm -hmm. But I guess like, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general kind of pull a blanket over that. You That's know, what like, I think the appeal you, is, right? Particularly it, with what just happened in Canada with, uh, the protests in Ottawa and all that stuff and people's bank accounts being frozen, I do think um, I do think that made a lot of people uncomfortable with the banks and the government really just finding a new expansive authority suddenly to be able to freeze people's bank accounts at all mm -hmm. is very interesting. And I do think it's unsettling. Well, it's, yeah, and it's funny because, like, what is a bank? Like, a bank is just a place you store your money safely at the end of the day, right? Like Hypothetically it, now, hypothetically safely. Yeah. But what if you, if the government ends up being able to control your bank account based on your political opinions, I think that's super that's, that's dangerous. Fuck, that's right? Fuck, but that's that where it does never. feel like that was a little tiptoe into a technocratic China-like move, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, like, you know, if you don't touch your bank account for five years, say if you'd passed away, you, you, okay. you went down the road and, you're, okay. and you went to Scotiabank and you opened up a bank account and then you got, and you put like, I don't know, like a million dollars into that bank account, hypothetically, mm -hmm. and then you left the bank and then you got hit by a bus, all right, 
And then I don't know, like you, maybe you used like a different address, or whatever. And then when they're like going full of your shit, they don't find that bank account. Like you know, you like they they have no trace of that bank account. If you haven't used it for five years, five years later, mm. your million dollars before you got hit by that bus is still in that bank account. But okay. as soon as that five year comes up, the government absorbs it. That's what happens. That's what happens. After five years of not touching a bank account, the government sucks it up. Mm. So that's why you have to be very careful, like when you know, like having record because, like, they're or not going to chase or you. Something you like, mean. Scotia Bank ain't going to be like phoning your family up and be like, "Oh, yo, just read you your, want your money. <laughs> just yeah. read your obituary, bro." Like, uh, you want... funny, yeah. funny story. <laughs> no, that makes sense. So that's why the contingency of a will. And it being ordained. Oh, wills are so important. And I, 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 that's to. coming from someone who doesn't have a will. <laughs> mm. Well, you don't need one until you have I something, know, right? Everybody you should. I have. I don't have any money. What do I need a will for, exactly. right? Exactly. And I, I ground onto you $10,000 in student loans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you exactly. can have my phone bill. <laughs> you can have sure. Yeah, straight up, straight up. <laughs> So, uh, how'd you get into the game of podcast editing? Oh, mate, uh, after school, when everybody was just like, you know, they woke up on the Monday and you don't have school and you're like, great, what do you do now? Mm. I was, I was working in this cafe downtown making soups <laughs> and I uh, got this, um, message, uh, one of our teachers, Braden, he messaged me and he's like, Hey, do you want to make do you want to do some podcast editing? And I'm like, well, sure. So, uh, yeah. So he started feeding me podcasts. Mm -hmm. And this company just started up, like, say, like, he started when he was in school, actually. It mm. was, like, so I'd say, like, a year and a half ago. And it's growing, and he started making a podcast for this one real, like, brokerage realty group. And then, you know, and then another one, and then another one, and then this guy, and then... So, like, yeah, we do a, a lot of mainly real estate podcasts now. They're mostly real estate? Mostly real estate. We have a couple of ones. Like, we have one with, uh, like, a, uh, a neurosurgeon, like, a brain neurosurgeon guy. And he really? Like, Send me that. Yeah, well, it's called Brain Mastery. And okay. And it's fantastic. You have to, it's, uh, he sits down and he basically... He has these wonderful conversations with like people who have survived brain injuries and and like other doctors and stuff. Like he had uh, one of his past guests. He works for a company for, for the NHL and other sports leagues and stuff. And he takes players and he tests the players and he's able to give the coaches like a player like intelli like sports intelligence report. Mm -hmm. So like like the coaches can get a sheet and flick through players' stats like they were Pokemon cards essentially. Right, right. And probably really finite the stats. Yeah, like they got them like, you know, like, okay. Like how beyond your average hockey card, like how many goals... Yeah, they whatnot. got him down to the point where it's like, okay, he's really good at identifying, you know, like reacting to this object here, but he's also, and but he's also, and then he's like this good at reacting to this object while other distractions are going on. Right, his, his arms are twenty. You know, like they they have like they measure everything and they like met and they they put them through tests and they're able to give the coaches like a sheet with a score at the top and stuff. You know, it's just so many like interesting guests and stuff i've had to i've done a 
I've edited an interview with David Hadfield, the astronaut. That was pretty really? cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, I've done uh, like uh, company. I've done uh, my last. I did a show this week. You had the mayor, the mayor of uh, oh, the mayor show? of Langley. Yeah, oh, okay. the mayor of Langley. I'm gonna have to Google that because I get, I get two places in Vancouver mixed up all the time. Oh, you're not confident it's Langley? I'm not, but hold on. It's the <laughs> you might want to edit this. <laughs> Langley. Where is Langley? Is Langley on the SkyTrain line? It's on one of the sky trains. Yeah, no, it's not Langley. <laughs> but yeah, one of the surrounding Greater Vancouver area mayors. Oh my god, I'm so bad. Let's see. Hello. Hold on. Let me just zoom in. Like I said, you know when you're on the spot and you're trying to like zoom in or something? I've just forgotten geography. Like I'm trying to find Victoria on the map. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. And the place is Langford. Okay, Langford. Langford, La Langford not Langley. Langford and Langley, you can probably see. Hey, you were pretty close. They, yeah, they, they have the same, they share some same letters. Mm -hmm. Word <laughs> up, word up. Yeah, but no, nah, like, yeah. So that was a pre, as the guest we had last, uh, this week, done like the mayor of Langley. It is Langley, right? That's around here. Langford is what you just Lang, yeah, Langley. Langley is the guest of the we did it was the mayor of That's their fuck, name. You might want to edit that whole fucking Oh song. no, it's okay. It's okay. That's funny. So the name is Langley. Langley. Langley, yeah, it's uh city near Victoria on the island there. That's funny. That's funny. They're getting Tesla police cars next year. On the island? Yeah. Really? In Langley, yeah. Where'd you hear that? From the mayor. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, Tesla police cars. <laughs> you imagine? I want to I know what those sirens sound like. <laughs> yeah. Some Skrillex or some like... Did you notice the change in police sirens? Was it, I think, last year or the year before that they adjusted the frequency of all the sirens because people had become desensitized to it over time and were less reactive? Hmm. No, nah, I wasn't aware of it in Vancouver because like, that's probably like, when I moved here, so mm. they're like, foreign to me anyway. But I know in Calgary, they... They redid them all. They, have you heard the Rufus sirens? No. All right, I don't know. Actually, that's a good point. I don't think I've ever heard one in Vancouver. But in Calgary, they've got a device, and it sits on the front rammer rail of the vehicle. Okay. And it goes, woo, 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 woo. And, it, and basically the idea is that like people listening to music in cars and stuff like would, would like they feel it the siren instead really? of, like yeah instead of hear it and yeah and it's just like like a woo 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 and yeah and they it's, it's pretty cool it's eerie as well like the first idea. time you hear it you're like what the hell is that I'm actually I mean I'm interested in sirens I would love to like know what how they're created, you know, like what, ha like what's the, how, what's the technology behind it? You know, cause you I mean, I, how do they synthesize it? Yeah. Like it's like, an is LFO there... with an auto filter over a specific Yeah. But frequency. like, is it a, like, is it recordings they're going through or is it actually like generating the site? Like, you know, like, is there just like a fucking awesome siren synth in the 
uh, the cop car's computer. Because, like, they, they're getting pretty, like, wacky and, like, you know, like, they can get pretty interesting. And you mean, just, like, like, just the police car? itself yeah it's like the sirens yeah. oh for sure i'm just talking about the sirens like right, right. like I, I i get i get fascinated and just like all the different tones and the wee 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 and then then they you know like they totally. like i'm just like who's behind like i know they're just flicking buttons but like i'd love like i know like if, to see what they're all doing i would if they love were a, a side job i like, uh, just doing siren sound design. for real <laughs> man there's all sorts of sound design jobs that i think of when I watch horror movies and you hear like a droning, like eerie, ominous tones, and then some clashing bangs, a little bit of robotic dissonance, stuff like that, the right horror movie, I do think it would be phenomenal to have the job that you generate those disgusting, off-putting sounds. What, what do you wish you do? I was like, I make people, I make people feel uneasy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but I, I actually, on that kind of subject, though, and I was reading an article about a guy who went to hospital and the beeping of all of the hospital machines drove mm -hmm. him nuts. Okay. And he worked, and he was a sound designer, saying, so he, I think he was like working on a project where he was volunteering his time to change the sounds of hospital machines. Like he was like designing new sounds, you know, he's just sat in a hospital and instead of like a beep, 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 you know, maybe could be a bit more creative, give a bit more variation. And maybe the different tones could like mean different things to alert the nurses better to something, you know? Right. Like, that'd be. Oh, no, you feel if you're just in the hospital though and you're like, your, 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 your IV meter or the, the machine that's plugged into you just starts going, yeah, yeah, if you could have a rave instead. Every time something goes wrong. Or just like a gentle, like, you know, like you're going into cardiac arrest and it's just like... Dun, dun, da, da, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ushering you out of life with symphonies. <laughs> just playing you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You leave with a theme song. That's quite catchy, actually. It takes the pain, it takes the mind off the pain. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> But yeah, no, like it's incredible. I I love it. Yeah, no, but like I would, I I, I wanna just go into the rabbit hole of sirens a bit. It's funny. My tagline on my like social media of my music and stuff is I vow to never put police sirens in my music. I remember that because um, it was the first thing I noticed going through your music <laughs> was that in particular, and that's what I was just thinking. It's so funny that you're talking about a fascination with sirens where I remember when I asked you about it, you said you resented sirens in music because they made you look around and panic. Oh, man, like you're <laughs> driving down the road and maybe you got like one too many people in your car without a seatbelt on a sec and then you can hear the siren in the back and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. straight up. No, I believe that's why they changed the frequencies because that's one of the reasons we've become so desensitized to them is we end up just using them and whether it's television, music... Oh, so I like the reason, another reason, like they change and bounce around so much, and you know, like they flick through like ten different sirens when mm -hmm. they go through. It's because as the sirens bounce around the, all of the downtown buildings, it confuse like if because the sound's constantly changing, you can't work out where it's coming from because mm. different frequencies are bouncing off. I guess like 
you know, like that siren reflects off that wall a bit better and then mm-hmm. it changes that and it reflects, you know, like, so like, yeah, because like if you're a downtown or something like that and you hear a siren, try and listen and like be like, where is that coming from? And oftentimes it's just all around you. Because I remember mm-hmm. as a kid, man, like, you know, we used to get up into shit and as soon as I heard, if I heard police sirens anywhere in the distance, it was time to get the fuck out of there, you know? Right. Like, and sure enough, like, yeah, like nine times out of 10, if you heard sirens just a little bit in the distance and you stuck around too long, yeah, you, they, they, they'd be there and they'd be coming after you. You'd be done. Don't that you'd be nicked. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Where uh, where can everyone find your stuff? Where's your Where's your plugs at? I am rarely on Instagram at official Yorks. Mm. Uh, you can find me on Spotify by typing. It's just capital letters Y O R K S. I have a. I, sh- I promise you, I'm gonna have more tracks coming on Spotify soon. That's right. If you want, if you want the vault, go to Audius, and that is. I'm gonna spell it out because honestly, I am terrible with words, as you probably know from listening to this. A U D I U S. So that's how you spell Audius, and then you just go there, and then you just, I'm under Yorks. That's right, that blockchain technology. That blockchain technology, yep. Owning, owning those, 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 whatever I do's with them, but yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you play money. I know, it's better than 0.0005, is it, was it, zero, was it 0.005, anyway, it's better than the, 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 the shrapnel off of a scent you get. Right. Spotify. Word up, word up. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks a lot for being here. Dude. Oh, thanks for inviting me, man. This yeah. is uh, it's fun. I'm it's, like, this is the second time we've recorded this podcast. So <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly getting better at at this public speaking thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It comes <laughs> it comes over time. And uh, I'll have you back when you drop a release or definitely when the EP we're working on. Yes, out. drops that. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Sounds good, mate. Shit, yeah. Thanks for being here. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime.